Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to Advice for Life with Lynn, helping you have a better relationship, hopefully with yourself and then others. Today's issue, how to get through the moments when one of you in a relationship gets triggered. So talk about it ahead of time. Yeah, about this is our process. You know, what do we do when we're triggered in our relationship? Well, we're going to pause. We're going to step back. We're going to, you know, come back to each other. And we're going to, you know, so part of it is that, you know, I'm going to tell you what I said to myself. I'm going to own that that was my story. And then the other part is what do I need from you? You have problems? She has answers. Getting down to the nitty gritty with people who know what they're talking about. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Now, this is pretty common for most human beings with a heart that beats. Everybody on this earth who hasn't reached enlightenment, and I really have not met anybody, Buddha, Gandhi, Jesus, uh, everybody gets triggered. By the way, a trigger is anytime you're not feeling joyful. Um, and many times in a close relationship like a marriage or a long-term relationship, when one person is triggered, they may take it out on the other person. We project our own feelings instead of taking responsibility for them. And when that happens, forget it. Next thing you know, you're in a fight. <clears throat> so what I've been trying to do personally or what I've been practicing is catch myself in the trigger, being aware of it, and take responsibility for my feelings and I've been doing this. I've been having a 40% success rate. So 40%. Uh, so slow progress. But, you know, awareness is key. Um, so here's a good example of that. So recently I was getting ready to speak at FIU, uh, Florida International University, to uh, at the Women's Summit. And I was really nervous about it. I was nervous about how I looked. I was nervous about speaking in front of a bunch of people, even though I do that for a living. But this is a totally different genre. And I put a lot of time into my outfit. <laughs> I was really worried about what I'm like, what am I going to wear? So the morning um, of my talk, my husband comes home from work. I'm getting ready, right? Got music on, putting on makeup. And the first thing he says to me is, you're not wearing that, are you? <laughs> yeah. You look like you're going out to the club. I'm trying to say it flatly because he always says, you're so, you're so dramatic, Lynn. But honestly, this is how he said this is how he said it. You're not wearing that, are you? You look like you're going out to the club. I'm just looking out for you, baby. I'm here to protect you. So immediately I was triggered, bing, blink triggered. And I heard myself launch into a dissertation of defensiveness saying, you're so critical. You know how nervous I am. And this is the first thing you say to me. You don't even know that I'm putting on a jacket over this top. That's kind of what I said. So, but I, I had this like out of body experience where I, I, I heard myself and I saw myself. Like, I'm like, okay, you're defensive. Remember that saying from A Course in Miracles, your innocence lies in your defenselessness. There's nothing to defend because you didn't do anything wrong. Um, so, so I heard myself and I felt myself and I knew that's not how I wanted to handle my trigger. So I took a breath, I walked away. And then I came back and I said, I appreciate you looking out for me. And I didn't say it bitchy because I, I knew where he, he was coming from a good place, but that's not what I needed. So I said, I appreciate you looking out for me. I'm sure you were coming from a good place. Could you please tell me positive things about my appearance instead? Because I'm really nervous. Um, and I don't, I, don't, I don't know if he did or not. I don't remember what he said. He might have said, no, you look great. Or, uh, oh, I didn't know you had a jacket on. I thought you were going to you know, live nightclub. I don't know. Something like that. But I felt good about how I handled it. And I looked at myself 
And I was like, yeah, you look good. And when you, so I go to FIU and everybody's raving about my outfit. And I could tell I was still not fully over my trigger because I wanted to turn to him and say, see, I know what I'm doing, but I didn't. Um, so I would say, you know, you know, I got triggered. At least I handled my own awareness, but it could have been a lot worse. You know, I could have attacked him back. It could have been a terrible thing, but that's really the question here. Um, Oh, I wanted to say initially, I did take my trigger out on him, uh, and I was right. He was right. I did look like I was going to the club. I had this pleather little bralette on underneath and, and pleather pants, but I had this beautiful, crisp white jacket that goes over it. Who wants to put on a jacket when you're putting on makeup, right? That's why I didn't have it on. Um, so what do we do with our triggers, and how do we, do we diffuse them in relationships, and how do we use them to get closer to each other instead of attacking each other? Back by popular demand <laughs> is our relationship expert, Dr. Lisa Arango. Thank you, Lisa, for being here. Thank you, Lynn. I'm so happy to be back. What do you think of the example I just gave you? I think it was great. And I, I think you've covered almost all the points about how to deal with triggers. So kudos to you. You're doing a lot of work. Well, thank you. I, yeah. I wish... So my... I have two therapists. My, my long-term guru said to me, I shared it with her mm-hmm. and she's like, okay, cause everything's about you. Mm-hmm. She said, so she's the one who said to me, she goes, well, y- you probably did look like you were going to the nightclub without a jacket on. Mm-hmm. There's truth in that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, I came from a critical background, so mm-hmm. I had the critical voice in my head. And mm-hmm. so I'm just dying for somebody to join in on my criticism. So, mm-hmm. so there was some truth to that. Okay. So what's the big deal? She was saying, when you're healed and when you are, you feel good about yourself or you accept your past, none of these comments will bother you. I'm not there yet, Dr. Mm-hmm. Rango. And a lot of people I know aren't there yet, even though we have some awareness. Mm-hmm. So what do we do when one person gets triggered? Yeah, well, I just want to speak to that for a moment is that we all have these raw spots, right? That our partner can't see. If you think about it, like what you're describing, the criticism. Um, and, and I think you and your husband talk a lot about this stuff. So he probably already knows that these are some of your triggers. But imagine, you know, I'm wearing a jacket right now. But imagine if I have a shoulder injury and we're walking side by side and you brush up, barely brush up against me and I have this huge mm-hmm. reaction like, ow. And you're like, what? I barely touched you, you know, which you could see how that would play out in a couple relationship, right? Mm. So, you know, one thing I would add to what you're, what you were saying and how you handle emotional triggers in your relationship is, and I love how you did this, you stepped back because that's really the key thing because triggers are really, you know, it's, it's a, it's part of our biology. It's part of what's happening in our brain. Our brains are hardwired for safety and connection and safety first. And uh, I'll come back to what I was going to say in just a minute, but I'm going to pause here for a minute and talk about this, is that we have a part in our brain, it's called the amygdala, Mm -hmm. if you are a uh, science nerd like myself. And that is essentially where our emotions live. And there's something called neuroception that we are constantly, our amygdala is in the background, even now as we speak, scanning the environment, scanning the people we're around, asking the question, am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? And depending on your upbringing, your background, your experience in previous relationships, that uh, alarm system is going to be hypersensitive 
to threats of danger because the trigger is anything in the present moment that reminds us because it's been paired with something that was really, really painful in the past. So it's important to know that our triggers are our own. And it's also important for our partners to know, the person that you're in a relationship with, is that it's not something that you have conscious control over. This is an unconscious response. It's an automated response. Right, you go. Your brain says danger, even though there's may not be danger. The alarm goes off in your head, and immediately you, within three one hundredths of a second, again, if you <laughs> want to know about the neurobiology of it all, you spring into action, and you've heard of fight, flight, or freeze, and that's the action that we spring into in our relationships because threat of loss of our partner, loss of connection in our relationship registers in the brain as a threat to our survival. Mm. So this is really important because Mm -hmm. this podcast is not about not getting triggered. Mm -hmm. I want to make that clear. It's just what you said, Dr. Rango. It's like blinking your eyes. Mm -hmm. It happens less than a second. Mm -hmm. You're triggered. You're just wired for that is what you're saying. Absolutely. So accept the trigger. Mm Mm-hmm. It's coming. It's going to come again. Yeah. And you can even be thankful because it's your brain's way of protecting you. You know, and if you see it that way, and if your partner that you're with can see it that way, you develop more self-compassion around the ways that we unconsciously react. And I'm not saying that all the things that we do when we're triggered are unconscious. I'm saying that that initial springing into whatever action, which has been automated because we've done it so many times, Um, is not something that we consciously decide to do in that moment because it's what's needed. You know, I look at it as like um, a fire, you know, we have smoke detectors in our homes, right? And, and it's like, it's always there. It's, it's waiting for any kind of detection that there's going to be a fire but sometimes actually my husband's a firefighter also i don't know if i told you that. oh my gosh i didn't know that yeah and we were just talking about this because he told me like um if you're doing some construction in your house or something like that like say you're installing drywall or you're sanding floors or whatever the dust from the floors or the drywall can actually get into the smoke detector and the smoke detector mm. will think that there's a fire because it thinks it's smoke and then it goes off so you know, this goes into, if you want to move in there to there now, like, what do we do when we're triggered, right? So the first thing is that we need to recognize and be aware that when our brains go into fight or flight, when we get triggered, that it probably, and I'm going to say probably isn't a life or death situation that our brain is telling us that it is if you know that you're in a safe relationship with somebody that you can trust and somebody that loves you. So we want to turn the alarm off first, you know, so stop the, the loud voice, the loud clanging, the loud blaring in your head that tells you danger, danger, danger. Um, kind of like when I step back and I mm-hmm. said to myself, take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. He's, I'm sure, coming from a good place, mm-hmm. even though I felt it was harsh right. and critical. But yet underneath that, he's, mm-hmm. he's, that's his way of looking out for me. Right, right. Protection. Exactly. But it's it was also kind of using that metaphor. It was your way of saying, there's not a fire that I need to fight here or flee from. This is my alarm going off that's telling me something just happened in my brain. Mm. And I need to attend to that first. Um, How do you tend to the alarm in your brain? Well, 
first, the first thing is to step back. And what we want to do, and I, um, I was going to use tell you about this little kind of, Dr. S uh, Dan Siegel uses this handy model of the brain. Have you heard about it? Hmm, no. Okay. So I'm going to show you, but I'll kind of talk okay. through what I'm doing. Yeah. So if you hold your, your hand up and you put your thumb into the palm of your hand, imagine that that's your amygdala, right? That's the alarm system. That's where the emotional part of your brain lives. And then if you fold your four fingers over your thumb, mm -hmm. um, that is your prefrontal cortex. That is where this is this, you know, front part of your brain. That's where your forehead is. Mm -hmm. That's where all thinking, planning, mm -hmm. and decision-making takes place. Okay. When you get triggered, this part of your brain, the, the prefrontal cortex, those four fingers, just thinking, planning. flip them. It flip, you flip your lid, right? <laughs> and so it's offline. You don't have mm. access to thinking, planning, being reasonable. You're all amygdala, right? It's so, kind of like you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, why not, right? You're not making conscious decisions okay. about what's going on in the present moment, right? Huh. So what you want to do is put a space, you know, we call that sometimes stimulus space response. Right. Our, you know, our reactions are, are automated, but our responses are contemplated. Right. Blink, you're triggered, but now you have control of your reaction. Right. So instead of the automation, we want to go to contemplation, but you first have to press pause. Pause is like, if, if I could give one relationship tip that you want to bring into your relationship, pause and do-overs are like... Two amazing yeah, things to I would agree, agree upon in your relationship, right? So if you know, so it's that self-awareness like, okay, something just happened in my brain. And we all know what that feels like. I mean, it's like as if the music all of a sudden got super loud in your brain or... It's usually in my chest. Everybody feels it in different parts of your body. Mm -hmm. Some people feel it in their stomach. It's usually my, my heart is racing. Mm-hmm. Right, but so, it's an immediate like correct. change, right? And your physiology, you right? Feel so your it. brain is affected as well. So right. how do you press pause in your brain or your body? Well, it's a skill, it's a practice, yeah. right? And so for me, I walked away. Yeah, that's and that's really and what you want to do. Like in the inner work, right? So there's the inner work is to tell yourself, "I've just been triggered," and again, you don't trigger me. Something that you did triggered me. These are my triggers, my raw spots, my bruise. I have the button, you just pushed it. Right, the bruise under my jacket mm -hmm. that you didn't see, right? So the inner work is the awareness that I have been triggered. And so, you know, the things that are happening right now may not be as they appear, right? The story that I'm telling myself is probably not what's actually going on because it's going to be negative. It's going to be something that right. is going to you know, spark me into fighting, mm -hmm. fleeing or freezing, whatever I can do to protect myself. And again, I'm not really in danger, right? So, so the inner work is re to have that awareness. I have been triggered. And then the behavior is stepping away. And you could even mention to your partner, I need a second. I've just been triggered or I'm feeling really angry right now, I just need a second, or I just been triggered would really be a clear signal, right? And then go to take a moment. And when you're in that moment, you don't want to sit there and stew about what just happened and feed the story that you're telling yourself, right? right? So what is a story that I'm telling myself? Um, you want to have that awareness about that, but you want to move into uh, to self-soothing, things that are going to calm you down and bring, again, that part of your brain, the prefrontal cortex, back online so that you can actually know what's going on right now in the moment. So right? what I did, I left, I went to the bathroom, I took a deep breath. I'm like, oh, your chest is racing. Obviously, you're triggered. You know where this came from. Mm -hmm. Ripping critical, you're critical. Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. um, 
he's coming from a good place. And then I looked at myself, I'm like, you look really great. And I, there's a part of me that felt really great. So why don't you just go with that? Mm, Yeah. Let's focus on that instead of that critical voice. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing that you could do that. Yeah. So if you can, you know, change the diet, the, the narrative, right? The story you're telling yourself that's more grounded in the reality of who your husband is and how your relationship is. Right. And then, um, so whatever kind of things that can like ground you and soothe you. And again, having self-compassion, don't beat yourself up. I got triggered again. What's wrong with me? I'm still not okay. There must be. I've done that a million times. Self-compassion. Yeah, that it's okay. Like this again is my brain. My brain was trying to protect Mm -hmm. me. Thank you, brain. Um, But I don't, you know, need you right now. I'm okay. And 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 think about what's going on. And and and, yeah, could you talk to your partner after when you're cooled down or another time and and express what your need is? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I have like a whole dialogue for this that I use with couples. Um, I have a like a download too that people could access through my website or they can. uh, email me or DM me on Instagram and I can pass it to you. But basically after you've been triggered, you want to come back and to your partner and say, I was triggered, right? So the first part of that you're doing is the self-soothing, the pause, the self-soothing with self-compassion. And then you come back, right? Hey, I was triggered. I got triggered and I'd really like to talk to you about it. And, you know, I'm saying this like a very like step by step. It, it becomes more, you know, in real time. Fluid. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, can we move? Can we go talk about this and make sure your partner's ready? Not right now. I'm running out the door. Can we come back to this later? Whatever. Come, come sit down. Eye contact. Super important. Eye contact builds intimacy. Um, looking at each other will really ground you too about who this person is. And then I recommend taking three slow breaths together. I like the four, seven, eight breath where you breathe in for four, you hold for seven, exhale for eight. There's a lot of neuroscience on that and how it activates your parasympathetic nervous system, which is will um, lowers your blood pressure and slows down your breathing. So that's a really good tip and tool for you to both use because a lot of times when we're triggered, it triggers our partner and we get into this loop. Oh, yeah. Right? The other person feels like they did something wrong. Right. And, yeah. yeah. So as the person, the partner who was triggered, I've done some self-soothing. I've paused. I've stepped back. I'm coming to you. Um, we take our breaths together. And then I start off with the story I was telling myself is. So this mm. could go back to you. The mm-hmm. story I was telling myself is, and maybe you can answer that. What were you telling yourself about what your husband thought about you or what he oh, was it's saying? Oh, it's easy. Yeah. The story I was telling myself was I'm not good enough. I don't look good. I chose, I chose poorly. Um, my husband thinks poorly of me. I think poorly of myself, Mm -hmm. you know, all those, I did something wrong. Yeah. I'm seven. Right. And that's like so vulnerable, you Mm -hmm. know? And so you're not accusing your husband of saying, you don't, you don't think I'm this, or you Mm -hmm. think I'm that, or all the things, you know, that you could start off with you and accusing them of thinking that of you. Mm -hmm. You're saying when, you said mm-hmm. this thing about my outfit. What the story I told myself is: there's something wrong with me, right? Right. And what would you? And that, that's really key. We've talked about this on this podcast before. Getting to that stage really involves no using only I, mm-hmm. no use. Right. You can say in the beginning, you know, when you meant when you said blah blah, but that should be the end of the word of you. Right. Well, what do you do when? Let's just say the other the party isn't able to hear you. Mm-hmm. Let's say, well, that's not what I was doing or, mm-hmm. you know, that's your problem. I'm just being rude, right? You know, right. like going to extreme. Right. What if you're not heard? Well, 
that can obviously very, be very painful. And that's why, you know, working up to this is super important. As I mentioned, like, you know, being, making sure that your partner is open and able to be there for you in that moment, that they're not also triggered. And you also have outside of this moment when you're triggered already have agreements about how you're going to handle triggers in your relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. So this isn't like you're going through it for the first time, you know, in real time, like, oh, this is how we're going to do it and have right. expectations about how it's going to so go. So talk about it ahead of time. Yeah, about this is our process. You know, mm -hmm. what do we do when we're triggered in our relationship? Well, we're going to pause. We're going to step back. We're going to, you know, come back to each other. And we're going to, you know, so part of it is that, you know, I'm going to tell you what I said to myself. I'm going to own that that was my story. And then the other part is what do I need from you, right? And maybe naturally your partner will with true vulnerability and if that were to come with all the emotions that go with that like what are the what are the more vulnerable emotions and that go along with that story you would tell yourself from my end yeah oh, i like how you're doctoring me uh, my vulnerable emotions i think i just share them i i felt um well you shared the thoughts like the story that you told yourself oh, like criticized what? Right, but not, not what kind enough. of feeling would that lead to? What would that feel like? Or I can just say, like, the vulnerable emotions, like, would be something like, I felt hurt. Oh, yeah, I felt super hurt, unloved, um, not accepted. Yeah. Not accepted. Like, what if I did want to go out looking like a like, right. like I was going to the club? That right. should be okay. I should, I want to feel lovable mm -hmm. for all the time, 24-7. Right, right. But so you would just be saying in, you know, to your husband, the story I told myself was that I didn't look good, I wasn't good enough, something was wrong with me, and I felt really sad. Uh oh, feelings, yeah, I felt sad. And I felt sad, I felt, I felt hurt, I felt mm -hmm. rejected. Um, and then if you're in that emotion, then he will sense that because emotions have action tendencies. They're not just things that we have for no reason. They actually are built-in mechanisms for survival because they have, like I said, action tendencies. So sadness will naturally draw somebody who loves you closer to you. So mm. emotions move us. So true, if, that is true. if your husband sees you truly sad, um, he will naturally gravitate towards you to comfort you to soothe you i've seen it happen in my office because i set up these sort of enactments with couples all the time and it's just a natural i don't have to tell her husband can you reach over and touch her her hand right now it happens it happens for being vulnerable. people even like will go into full-on body hugs in my office and like holding hands and crying into each other's eyes and it just naturally happens and the same for anger, because anger is an emotion. The action tendency for anger is to push somebody away, right? Mm. So if you're not being vulnerable, like you're feeling sad, but you're showing anger, and you can even say, I'm feeling really sad. But if I'm showing you anger, but I'm saying I'm sad, what do you think my partner is going to respond to? Yeah, well, right? to the anger. To my anger. And they're going to go away. Right. And then here I am sad and I'm needing you to come close. That's why clear signals are really important. And that vulnerability, which is taking off the anger, which is the protection, taking off that, I feel sad. Naturally, hopefully your partner comes toward you and they soothe you. And if not, you can even say, and what I could really, I just need to know that you think I'm hot or right. whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say what you need. Right. I need to know that you love me and that, right. and that you're proud of me and that, my God, that right. you're pushing yourself or whatever. Right. And that that story that I had in my head was so crazy that how did I even come up with that? I need you to confirm that that was like not even close to how you feel about me. Yeah. Right? I'm, I, that's a step I'm missing. Yeah. yeah. Say what you need. Yeah. So let, 
you know, I think it's worth talking about this. These are, we'll go over these tips for you guys, but, um, on the other side of what not to do, maybe how, how we grew up, you know, our generation, seeing our parents in a relationship (laughs) handle triggers, it might've gone something like this, like, Let's say mom's triggered, she's passive-aggressive with dad, she's sarcastic, he gets defensive, one of them shuts down, one of them leaves, and there's a simmering anger maybe for an hour or days, mm-hmm. and then that's it. That's not connection, and that's not resolving. That mm-hmm. creates distance Yeah, and a lot of other hurt feelings. That's mm-hmm. what not to do in a trigger. Yeah, absolutely. And then that becomes very habitual in a relationship. We call that in emotionally focused couples therapy, we call that the negative cycle. And that's the first step in the EFT process is to identify that negative dance that we get caught up in. Because underneath all of that, that you can observe, kind of that fly on the wall perspective of all the steps that you just um, talked about, there's something else going on, right? The dad who, you know, in this scenario who goes away he may underneath feel like he can never get it right with mom. Right. He's always failing and he can't, he's used to being competent. He's very successful at his job and at work. He knows how to make money and and be at the top of his game, but he can't figure it out with you, with his wife, right? And he feels defeated. He feels shame. And he's going away because he doesn't want her to see him that way, right? And she's showing anger, but in the example that I just used before, she's showing anger. She's saying all these hurtful things, but underneath, she's feeling sad. She's mm-hmm. feeling alone in her marriage. She needs him to come close. But the way that she expresses that in this negative dance pushes him away and sends signals to him that he's not good enough, like confirming all right. the fears Self, that he has. Um, fulfilling prophecy, I suppose. Yeah. When you don't have the tools. Right. So let's reiterate. Um, I love the shoulder injury um, example. You know, we expect our partners to know everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be mind readers about Mm -hmm. our emotions and that's impossible so number one when you're triggered step back this is good even in the workplace any kind of relationship but we're Mm -hmm. talking about you know a a, a romantic relationship step back accept that triggers are normal it's we're wired for this dr rango says it's an unconscious response so be kind to yourself Um, have some self-compassion. Number two, you say turn the alarm off in the brain, press pause so we can get in touch with our frontal cortex again. In one way of doing that, you said breath work, maybe four, seven, eight breath work Mm -hmm. would be good for yourself. Number three, when triggered, step away. You say to your partner, I need a second. I'm triggered. I talk a lot, but I I, I could be a better communicator. I I will just step away. But yes, it helps to tell your partner Mm -hmm. what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I'll be Um, back. And I'll be back. Right. I'm storming away. I'm never coming back. So that's sort of self-soothing. Number four, she says, have self-compassion. You know, know, like I'm triggered, not judgment. Oh, I'm triggered again. Mm -hmm. And number five, um, tell your partner what you need and how you feel. Mm -hmm. Like the example you just gave. When you said this to me, I felt sad. I felt rejected. I felt blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And... In that fifth step, should we have any expectations? Well, what you want to experience is something called co-regulation. So I talked about self-regulation when I talked about self-soothing. That's when you're bringing that prefrontal cortex back online. You're calming your nervous system. And you find yourself after that just needing a little more right from your partner and so that co-regulation is you know from a, a neurobiological perspective is your your attuning 
each other's nervous system. So you're tuning into your partner's nervous system to calm your nervous system. So really that's like, you know, from a felt sense, the outcome would be that you feel um, that you're back in connection with your partner. You feel that answer to your, that neuroception in your brain. Am I safe? Am I safe? Am I loved? Right? Because Mm -hmm. not feeling loved can also feel like a threat to your safety. Mm -hmm. So the answer to am I safe? Am I loved? Is a uh, resounding yes. Mm-hmm. And you feel, you know, you're you're back in connection with each other, and you move on with your day. And this could really happen very quickly uh, if you practice it. And the good news is, is that the more you do that, and the more you talk about, especially that step, the story I was telling myself, you give your partner a chance to clarify. The less you will feel triggered around these certain things that are going on, because you will naturally feel safer in your relationship. That you can start to heal even things from childhood or previous relationships. Your nervous system, if it has been on high alert because of earlier experiences, will start to calm down a little bit. So it won't be so sort of trigger happy, if you will, like the alarm going off all the time. I do feel like talking about it or saying it out loud. Mm -hmm. I, I, um. I told myself this story or this is the story that was that's coming up for me. I feel like it does diffuse the monster uh, a little bit, the mm-hmm. pain. It, it doesn't give it as much power mm-hmm. as opposed to just stuffing it or projecting, telling your girlfriends, can you believe what he said to me? I was dying. When I when, when he first said that to me, I went in the bathroom. I was like, oh, this is good. I can't wait to tell my friends. And I was like, uh, that's not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. So you're a victor of what? Nothing. Right, right. So... Yes, speak your truth and your vulnerability and diffuse your pain. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That was beautiful. Did we miss anything? I think that's the I think those are the important points. So I ask you this all the time at the end of the show. So what is your best advice for life in a sentence mm-hmm. on what to do when you're triggered? Pause and be very self-aware of what you just mentioned. The story that I'm telling myself, if you can just use that line in your relationship, in so many ways it will change the dynamics of what's going on internally for yourself and also for your relationship. So that very important pause and what's the story I'm telling myself right now? Beautiful. The ego is so wicked strong. The ego wants to be right. Like oh my, The story I'm telling myself is right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a story, it's a fact. Right, but it comes from a place re- again from protection. You're trying right. to your brain is trying to protect yourself. Thank you so much, Doctor Rango. If you want to get in touch with Lisa, you can reach her on Instagram. She's got a great Instagram page at Doctor Arango. Doctor Lisa Arango. A R A N G O. And your website is DrLisaArango.com. Awesome. Do you do because you're in. Um, Coral Gables? I have an office in, in South Miami. Miami. Yeah, oh, I okay. see I see couples and individuals in my office for therapy uh, around relationship issues. So couples therapy, relationship issues with individuals. And I also have an online uh, relationship coaching business. So I do that as well with people all over the country who want to work with me to kind of go through my step-by-step uh, secure love method on how to have secure attachment in your relationship. And we look forward to your workshop coming out, you said, in January, beginning of 2023. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to be having a, a special online program that is going to be for women in a group format where I'll have some video lessons and a live Q&A on a weekly basis where I'll really be interacting with you. Um, and that is called The New Language of Love. So teaching you how to send and receive really clear messages in your relationship regarding feelings and needs. Beautiful. And then get your needs met. How about mm-hmm. that? Let's mm-hmm. hear it for needs. Woohoo! <laughs>
Thank you, Dr. Rango. Thank you. A reminder to everybody, submit your questions on AdviceForLifeWithLynn.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free email. You'll be the first to get my weekly blog on how to live consciously and peacefully. You'll also get access to my free happiness guide when you sign up. Also, I'm looking for guests with different ways that they can help the Advice for Life with Lynn followers. So reach out. Maybe if you think you've got something to say and you want to be on the podcast. Lastly, please subscribe and rate my podcast on iTunes. I really care about what you think. So tell me how I'm doing. I want your thoughts. The links are in the show notes and also on the website. I want to help as many people as I can with this podcast. So your shares, your subscribes and reviews help us gain visibility in the iTunes store and they help us reach more people. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about.